Hello, everyone. Welcome to a really, really fun edition of Radical Audacity. I have such special guests today. Today, I have Emily and Stephanie. They are from Cycle Chats Podcast. These women are just phenomenal. They are spitfires of energy and enthusiasm and feminism and as cute as can be. They wear little pussycat ears and just, they're amazing. I had the absolute wonderful fortune of meeting them before PodFest Expo. We met in the speaker forum online and just had an instant connection and ended up being on each other's podcasts. And then it was so stinking exciting to meet them at PodFest Expo. And they were just so beautifully merchandised for themselves, marketed for themselves. They wore these tie-dye jackets and their pussy cat ears and pink and blue shoes. And they ran around playing this really fun trivia game where they recorded the answers on their phone. And they're just, I, I love these women. I absolutely love them so much. They started their podcast as a way to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. They have gone through such a powerful journey and they love sharing their stories, their struggles, and really honoring each other's differences. Today's conversation is really about mental health and being able to, to true self-love is taking care of ourselves and taking care of our mental health. And we're going to get into some, some really vulnerable conversations around that. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to the Radical Audacity Podcast. I'm Tiffany Kane, your host. On this podcast, you are going to meet people that walk their own path, live life on their own terms, let go of other people's rules and expectations and the shoulds in life, and instead live life in their own truth, integrity, and authenticity. This podcast will give you the inspiration you need to live your own radically audacious life. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this really, really fun episode of Radical Audacity. We, as I told you in the introduction, I have two guests on. They are co-hosts of a podcast together. And if you guys could see them right now, they are adorable. They are wearing blue headphones with kitty cat ears on them. So these ladies are just a ball of fun and joy. Emily Palacios and Stephanie Loverde, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. Oh, we're so excited to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm Yay. thrilled. Yay. Okay. So Emily, will you really quickly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah. So my name is Emily Palacios. I am the co-host of the podcast Cycle Chats with my best friend, Stephanie. And I am currently a professor at a college nearby where I teach theater appreciation and acting one, because that's what I majored in. I majored in musical theater, and then I got my master's degree in acting at FAU, which actually is what brought me down to Florida, which is where I met my husband 
plans change, wasn't planning on staying here and have been here for almost 10 years now, which is absolutely insane. 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 I cannot believe 10 years. I mean, that is, it's crazy to think like what I came here with and now what I have 10 years later. It's it's just kind of blows my mind and also fills my heart with a lot of warmth. So much changes in 10 years. And just listeners, just so you know, you've heard me talk. I'm the Florida girl taken out of Florida. I live in California now, but you can take the Florida girl out of Florida, but you, you can't take Florida out of the girl. So I love that Emily and Stephanie are Florida girls. It's so fun. All right, Stephanie, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? But of course. My name is Stephanie. I am born and raised in Florida, but my whole family is from Illinois. So I always said that I did all of the school stuff here and got to spend my fun summers there. So a little piece of me obviously is here because it's my hometown, but uh, also a little bit of my heart is in Illinois. It has to be. Um, currently, right now, I am a freelance makeup artist. I have been freelancing for over a decade. I think I'm coming up on 13 years of doing it. So I have done makeup for weddings, bar and bat mitzvahs, Emily's wedding, <laughs> um, body paint, Halloween, you name it, I've done it. I also work at a local theater doing makeup and assistant stage managing where I'm at. So that has been taking up some of my time. And um, I think the most important thing for me to mention is that I am a radical feminist and I have been since birth Mm. because apparently I've come to find out recently that I was delivered by all females. So my whole staff that delivered me in the hospital were women. So even even before birth, I had it lined up. I was like all about the women, women that's power. Awesome. So <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah. awesome. So you bring us then into the topic that we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the audacity of feminism. You know how people often say, "Oh, the audacity! Mm-hmm. How can you have the audacity?" I believe in embracing the audacity. When somebody says, "Oh, the audacity," I'm like, "Thank you, thank you very much." Yes, I do have the audacity. So we're going to talk about the audacity of feminism and the audacity of living a creative life and all of the things that come with that today. So. Your podcast, tell us a little bit about that because you do hit the feminism and the creative life with your podcast quite a bit. Steph, you want to go? Yeah. I mean, we when we first started, we actually were going to do a completely different type of podcast. So we were going to talk about, which is actually what Cycle Chats has become, but we were going to talk strictly about relationships. Um and for whatever mm. reason, it just didn't stick. Then we opened. We recorded the first episode. Mm-hmm. I think never <laughs> edited it. I think we still have it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think we do. Um, but we. <laughs> That'll be a fun but, throwback, uh, right? I don't think we knew what we were doing. I mean, we we're baby podcasters. <laughs> so we then opened up a small women-owned business because, as we all know, tale as old as time. The pandemic hit everyone was quarantined. We were like, well, what can we do to make money? Because we're all actors. We're all out of business. And we created a small women-owned menstrual subscription box. And so all of the products within Mm. it were created by small women-owned businesses. And we thought, well, education's got to be a key component of all of this. So how do we lace that into what we're doing? And we decided a podcast actually might be a great idea. 
And so Emily and I took back to the mics again, and we revved her up, and we fired her up, and we said, we're going to use this almost like a sister company to have the education Mm -hmm. piece, to introduce the product and all of that fun stuff. And uh, we call her she, Cycle Chats. She just, she decided she wanted to birth herself and create something completely different. And when I tell you, Emily and I did not think that it would turn into what it is right now, we didn't. We thought this is just going to be part of this other company and the other company has since closed its doors. Uh, we've learned a lot from it, but Cycle Chats kind of birthed this new age of, I'd like to think she's the most feminist of feminine you could get because <laughs> we talk all about, <laughs> it wasn't just about women having their periods. It really started to become about relationships, friendships, mental health, regular physical health, you know, and and, and what it meant to break the cycle of this competition we have with other women. Mm. So I think Love yeah, that. that's that was that was the cool part about it. And of course we're very colorful. You guys can't see me. I have bright pink hair. Mm-hmm. Emily has on bright pink lipstick. We absolutely love tie-dye. I think Emily has become a master tie-dyer, <laughs> the amount that she's done it. <laughs> so my arms are very strong from wringing out all of the tie-dye. <laughs> we just wanted a I space where you could express all of that creativity and talk about heavier issues without it being so taboo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like Steph said, I, I think the biggest gift that Cycle Chats has given us is our education, our empowerment, and our inspiration to be better. I mean, I know that I have grown. I can say that Stephanie has grown. The way we communicate is so different, not only to one another, but to our partners, to our family, to ourselves. So like, I'm, I, we always say this, if we touch one person, then we have done our jobs Mm -hmm. and like, we've touched ourselves and we are better people for it, not in the dirty way. But you can if you want to, (laughs) listen. But you can if you want to. I'm so immature that I started giggling. I I saw Stephanie's (laughs) face. Because you know what? You should. That's another thing. Taboo topic. Yeah, touch yourself. It's great. You should learn what makes you feel good so that you can express to others what you need. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to dig in a little bit to your story because I am passionate about the power of the pivot. I think too many times people are like, well, nope, this was the plan. This is what we're doing. This is, I, I made a business plan and I have a business model and and this is my goal and it's a straight line and this is what I'm doing and I'm, and I'm going to do it if it kills me. And so many people get stuck there, whereas really the beauty of life is the pivot and the shifting and the changing and, oh, this door is opening now. That door closed, but that's okay because look at this window over here that's open and, oh, wow, there's a skylight I can crawl through. And you know what I mean? Like like it's a, it's a pathway and a pivot. And so I think to me that was one of – there's many things that draw me to you guys. Um, you're unapologetic, just – who you are and feminism and strength and creativity and joy and playfulness really drew me to you. But also this idea of, well, we can pivot. Like life is going to throw these things our way and how are we going to pivot and change and go with the flow? Will you guys talk a little bit more about 
how the pivot has impacted your life in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, So like Steph said, when the pandemic hit, we were both children's theater teachers and actors. I was literally, I'm I'm a professional actor, meaning that as I always tell my students, I get paid for my work. Um, So I was in California with a touring company with a show that I do called Old Jews Telling Jokes when the pandemic hit. And I had to leave the show early to come back because at that point, we weren't sure if the airports were going to close. Most of us weren't from California, so we were scared to you know stay and not be with our families. Um, so those first two weeks when we all kind of were like, okay, vacation, great. And then two weeks later, we were like, this is a little longer. Okay. And then I think about four months in is when Stephanie and I were both kind of like, um, I don't know about you, but I'm losing significant amounts of my money that I've worked so hard to save. I think we need to do something. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, how can I better myself in this time? So I was like, well, no matter how long this lasts, I wanted to go back to school to get my teaching certificate. So I'm going to do it now while I have the chance. So I went back. I literally have one more week and then I graduate and I'm so excited. So for me, the pivot was – Thank you. (laughs) The pivot was necessary, I guess. I mean, so much Mm -hmm. terrible happened. But like because of the pivot and because of that time and really taking the two years, two and a half years, almost three years now, right – uh, which is crazy. I don't know where time has gone. Um, but to take that time for myself and to like really try and better myself. I knew that I wanted to be a teacher, so I did that. Stephanie and I really missed teaching our students, not only our female students, but our male students as well, right, that were questioning their sexuality or didn't feel welcome at home. We just love teaching those kids. So we were like, let's do something education-based. Like that really matters to us. And I can say, like I said before, I am a totally different person than I was three years ago to who I am Mm. now. And that's because I was able to pivot instead of looking down this dark hole and never getting up again. I was like, all right, well, let's make lemonade out of some lemons. I mean, got to do what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good story. And so like that that personal growth and that meeting a goal and being able to take the time. Sometimes – just the having the time and the space. Um, that's, I mean, I think there are lots of painful, very painful things about this pandemic. But one of the gifts has been we've all had some time and space to really evaluate and um, think and say, hmm, all right, what's next? And so that's, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Stephanie, what about you? Oh, my pivot was a, a little bit more. Um, mental health related. So Mm, a lot of what I experienced was shifting from the way that I was raised to think to how I actually wanted to think. Um, So for, Mm -hmm. you know, as most people do, it's much easier to drink the demons away or over-caffeinate or, you know, go on the bingers. Mm -hmm. Facing it head-on is very hard because you now have to unpack years, in my case, of this conditioned way of thinking. So when the pandemic hit, I pretty much was like 
in the pool with a cocktail every day. And I think in the beginning, I was like, well, this is great. I've been dying for a break because I constantly worked. And that's just the culture of how I was raised is that if you are blood is coming out of your ears, eyes, and nose, you're, you know, then you can rest. But even then rest is, is better suited for (laughs) when you're in the ground. So it's just more (laughs) my, I came from a family of workaholics and thankfully, um, it provided me a very good life. However, I came to realize that that wasn't my trajectory. I didn't have to do that. The reason that those choices were made, um, were so that I could make my own as an individual. But Mm -hmm. I fell into this idea that like, I have to get a job now. And I had been working um, pretty much nonstop at the Children's Theater for about six years. And then prior to that, I had had all sorts of, you know, jobs um, because it was always in my mind, success meant money sign. And so about two months into the pandemic, I was like, oh, I I gotta get a job. And I was doing pretty good about like exercising and working on myself and my mental health and all that. And then I fell back into, well, I got to get a job. I got to make money. I got to make money. And I ended up working for a healthcare company and it just like my mental health just absolutely deteriorated. It was Mm. so, first of all, it was a completely different atmosphere than what I was ever used to because I was used to at least being creative. So let's say I was experiencing heavy emotions, I still had a job that I actually liked to go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I was in this completely different environment and healthcare is not for the faint of heart. I will give credit to all of the people that that do it. And I was in the billing department. So you can only even imagine if I couldn't handle that, like being out in the field, all these people deserve kudos because there's a spot for them all. Um, So when I was there, I was there for about a year, but I could just, I just, I started to feel a shift. My friends started to see a shift. My family saw a shift. And then my dad got sick with COVID and he was in the hospital. And it was really the first time since, you know, I had dealt with the death of my grandma, who I was extremely close to, um, that I was coming up against this thought of losing a parent. And now prior to all of this, since I'm just unearthing all of my stuff, um, my mom had actually had a heart attack when I was, again, but I I was Mm. working in an environment that I liked. So I was able to cope and deal with those things a little bit easier. And my brother got into a car accident. There was like kind of like a string of really heavy things that I just somehow, quote unquote, processed. But now I had no outlet there was nothing creative for me to do. So Mm -hmm. I'm facing this very heavy thing. And Emily says, I just watched you completely change. You went from like being able to acknowledge your feelings and like open up and talk and be kind of in more of a healthy manner to completely shoving it down. And that and landed me in the hospital. I ended up experiencing Mm. panic attacks this is, again, tale as old as time. I've, I think I've already said that phrase once. But anybody who's ever experienced disordered anxiety or depression, you don't know what's going on. 
because you're like, I know what anxiety yeah. is. Why is this happening to me? So I ended up in the hospital because I was having anxiety attacks and panic attacks. And I was like, what is happening? And they just kind of sent me home with a piece of paper. Um, and at that time, we were still doing cycle chats and it was really heavy for Emily and myself. But the pivot for me happened in those moments, in the month to follow is when my pivot happened. Um, and I sometimes get on myself, like today, I'm going to try to do this without crying. Um, today, I was like, oh, when am I ever going to go back to how I used to be? And I stop and I think like, I never want to go back to her because mm. she was not she wasn't facing the music. She wasn't taking care of herself the way that she really should be. And while it feels very heavy in these moments when I do experience emotion, uh, like heavier emotion, stress, things like that, I remind myself that it's the first time in 30 years that I'm actually allowing myself to feel it. So it's going to feel much heavier. So that pivot mm -hmm. for me with in regards to cycle chats and just who we are as people now, Emily and I specifically, that bonded us because it was the, and I still have the text. It was the first time I ever said to Emily, like, in a way, like, I just feel broken and I can't, there's nothing I can do. Like, I can't mm -hmm. do anything else, but focus on trying to get myself from under the water. Like, I just need to breathe air and I don't, like, I don't know how to do it right now. And I think that helped the two of us be able to open a line of communication that had we not, I don't know how successful the podcast would have continued to be because I was not being honest. And I think it allowed us to finally be able to have tough conversations with each other and be honest with one another. So my pivot's a little bit different, um, but it I'm so grateful for it. And even though it was really hard, I wouldn't want to do it again. But if it yielded the same results of where I'm sitting right now, I'll take it. Even on the days I'm like, oh, this sucks. It, it doesn't. It just sucks in the moment. But like we learn, mm -hmm. emotions are clouds. They come and they go. They come and they go. Now, I I, I want to hang out for just a second in this concept of, yeah, it it hurts, but it's so important to do it. This is one of the tenets for me of radical audacity, of living this radically audacious life as you do the hard things. Like usually radical audacity is those hard things. And they, they, it's often the harder path because it's the, the path that's more honest and authentic and full of integrity. Way easier to drink a bottle of wine every day, right? Way easier to overcaffeinate and um, have a terrible sleep cycle and sleep all day and be up all night and binge watch whatever you're going to binge watch. Like that's so much easier to not face what you're going through. Harder to say, okay, I'm in a deep, dark, swirly place right now and I need help. Yeah. And that to me takes the ultimate courage. Oh, yeah. And I, you said something to do the hard thing. I listened to, um, I forget her name. Kimberly Quinlan, and she is a licensed mm. um, therapist, and she talks about how it's a good day to do the hard things. She talks about OCD recovery and anxiety recovery and things like that. And I, she says it all the time, and I'm like, God, she's so right. It's like to do the hard thing is – I Emily and I have talked about this, that 
being able to accept is so much harder than just ignoring. And that goes along with what you said is, you know, we talk about how come, how come social media has this portrayal of, let's talk just specifically women, this portrayal of women. And now, you know, all of these young girls are looking at these pictures and this is what, you know, why can't we just be honest and truthful? I said, because the truth is really hard to stomach and people would rather live in the fantasy. That's why we, we idolize movie stars because, you know, we're trying to escape the reality, but it, it's not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely enthralled with this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case that's going on, this defamation <laughs> case. I feel like I'm one of the lawyers there and I'm like learning so much. But look at that as an example, right? You think these two people, oh my God, they're so gorgeous and love, blah, blah, blah. But I'm watching, you know, and we'll talk about Johnny Depp because I'm I'm watching like somebody, he's on the stand currently and he's just in like pain and he has to relive all of these mm-hmm. like voice memos and text messages and like when he wasn't sober and I mean these two people are just tearing each other apart so we idolize this idea of you know high life and fame and spending money and being the baddest in the room and the most successful but those people are still they're still humans I mean, Jesus, I saw a tabloid mm-hmm. the other day and they're like, they're just like us. Stars go shopping for food. I'm like, yeah, what do you think? They absorb like <laughs> the nanosphere? <laughs> of course they go shop. Like like they smoke cigarettes. They, you know, don't wear makeup. Duh, they're human beings. But we we yeah. want perfect. And I think we've just been brought up on this idea that we have to be perfect. And But perfect doesn't exist. And perfect exist. doesn't exist. So no. kind of that uh, – there's a, what is it? In my anxiety recovery, somebody said, uh, learning to have radical acceptance of where you are, mm. even in the midst of mm-hmm. a panic attack. And it's like, you have to learn to sometimes just let go. It doesn't mean that you're going to die. It's going to feel like it maybe, but mm-hmm. allow your mind and body to go, I'm okay. I'm just uncomfortable, but uncomfortable doesn't mean dangerous most of the time, especially when it comes to mental health, is that it doesn't always mean dangerous. Yep. Oh, my goodness. I love this. So I was telling you guys before we hit record, so listeners, I was telling them before we hit record that I personally have had the anxiety monster visiting um, and I've, I've been very open with my listeners about you know, what do you do when the anxiety monster comes and visits? And, um, you know, it's, I think it's very important, like you said, to, to be okay in that moment to say, well, this is a part of me. This is a side of me and it's, it's okay. Like, you know, it may not be the prettiest side of me. Um, my monster is not pretty, but you know, it, it is a side of me and it's trying to protect me from something. It's telling me that something is off, that somehow my intrinsic values and the things that are important to me, those values and needs are not being met. And so I'm in an anxiety spiral. And so I need to really be curious about where is this coming from and why is this happening? And how do I really take some time and focus on myself and 
meet my needs because anxiety, the anxiety monster while it's not pretty is very useful in saying, I'm going to punch you in the face and let you know you need to stop what you're doing and you need to take care of yourself <laughs> before well, this gets too, worse. <laughs> there's another, I mean, there's a couple people I really follow very closely um, and she talks about how it's a love note from your brain to say, you're just thinking a little bit too much about something and maybe you need to go for Mm. a walk. And for those people who deal with, Mm. you know, are in the midst of a disordered anxiety spiral, I've been there. Um, It's about retraining your brain because it's, the brain is so cool because it tries to protect you. And I just call it like a helicopter mom. And most of the time we call it a monster, which I think is interesting. But what I've come to find out is it's just a little dust bunny casting a shadow. And if you pick mm, it up. Oh, my God. I love and like, that. Guess what? The dust bunny is just as scared of you as you are of it because you're casting mm. a shadow as well. And so learning how to scoop oh that God. little dust bunny up in your hands and say, hey, buddy, I'm going to let you hang out on my shoulder, but you don't get to decide where we're going to go. So it's. I think that's very interesting that we look at it as a really negative thing when truly, while it feels negative, most of the time it is just your body trying to regulate itself or it's just an adrenaline dump or all sorts of Mm -hmm. colorful things. But trying to, in that moment, go, what's wrong with me and try to figure it out, turn the laptop off, Mm -hmm. put your phone away, Mm -hmm. take yourself out into nature. Because this is what I do is I double down on I'm not hungry. Well, I'm going to do the opposite. Anything anxiety tells me to do, I'm going to do the opposite of because Mm -hmm. it's dictating to me, you need to be safe. And I'm like, I am safe. So I'm going to eat food, whether you want me to or not. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work on my stuff, whether you think I should be paying attention to you or not. I'm going to go for a walk in nature. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this podcast meeting. When I'm done, I'm going to take my stuff. I'm going to go make returns. And then I'm going to treat myself to a piece of makeup in TJ Maxx because that's what <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> so for me, it's it's a matter of learning to look inward, but not taking mm-hmm. my thoughts so seriously because that's mm-hmm. I think where it starts to get sticky. Is sometimes they have a, a very uh, they have a very large way of convincing you that they're the most important thing in the room and you have to focus on it. And the truth is you don't, you just feel uncomfortable. So you're Mm -hmm. trying to run away from the discomfort, but what you're doing is then you're teaching your brain, oh, I'm, I'm unsafe. So now you've just re-solidified in your head. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm unsafe. So every time she's in this situation, we're going to just trigger this because she's unsafe when the truth is you're not at all. And I know because I've literally been on the floor like, where the room was spinning and I'm like, I'm dying. This is it. I mean, I have a hospital bill <laughs> for, and, you know, some people will say like, oh, but just my anxiety yep. won't let me do that. And it's, and there's no discredit. You got to take it slow. You got to take it one step at a time mm-hmm. and you can't just Superman it, but you do have to be brave because you're never going to yes. have the life that you are so desperately seeking by hiding under the covers. And this isn't some like mm-hmm. motivational speech thing, but it's much easier to be in your safe place, but you'll never, ever get back to even close to what a life is, you know? So I'd rather experience these really hard, scary moments that make me feel like I'm, oh my God, am I losing touch with reality than than ever 
be living in that. I mean, it's far few and in between that I experience these things. But I sit there, I let them happen. And a support system is really important because Emily was there the other day. Her and I were doing work at her house and I was having a full-blown panic attack. And I just sat there and I continued to do the work and I kept wanting to Google and I kept bringing it up. And I said something to her about what was happening. And I said, but don't, don't give me reassurance because that's my anxiety is trying to seek it from you. She goes, you're not going to get anything from me. Let's get back to work. <laughs> and we watch TV. Nice, Emily. But that's the, that's the power of support. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. that's also her being radically accepting of mm-hmm. her job, so to speak, in my life as my support system is I've, I've told her, you know, you are a support system to me. These are the things I need from you in order to help with my anxiety recovery is I don't need you to rub my shoulders or put an ice pack on me. In the beginning, that's what I thought. But now I realize in order to get better, I need that to me is tough love, is somebody keeping you accountable. You want to get better? I'm going to help you. You're not going to like it in this moment, but you're going to see how valuable it is to you down the road when you and I are on a jet flying to London to go speak at a convention. You know what I mean? So that's that's how yeah. I view it in my head. And that's kind of the point that I've gotten to. Okay. So I think this is a really nice segue into feminism. Because you're talking about a sisterhood here, a sisterhood of support and um, connectedness and togetherness and being there for each other. And I I think one of the big problems in society that we need to work so hard to overcome is this idea that women are in competition Mm. with each other, that we need to be jealous of other women, that we can't trust other women. Um, we've we've been fed this lie our entire life about other women, and um, we've been you know carrying on this kind of patriarchal distrust of each other, and so that is one of those big things that appealed to me as why I wanted you guys on the podcast is you are such powerful supporters of each other and of of women women's connectivity in general, like women, female community and supporting each other. So Emily, as somebody who is a huge support in difficult times, and you are a huge cheerleader, um, you are somebody who really does a lot of the the education and, and all of that. What 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 do you see as, if there's one or two things that we as women could do to be this strong feminist support system of other women, what do you think it is? So I always think about, we had a, a guest on our podcast, um, Mielke was her name, but Marissa for people who could not pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> she was from South Africa and she said like my favorite thing ever. She was like, let's just, uh, I was literally about to try the accent. Nope, I'm not gonna. Uh, but anyway, in my normal voice, because doing a South African accent is not something I can accomplish. Uh, But she said that let's just call a spade a spade. Women are scared of other women. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. I mean, both Mm -hmm. Stephanie and I know we are actors for Christ's sake. I mean, like talk about theater, like, and just the world of theater, right? So like, what you like in sorry i'm now i'm going to spout all of my theater knowledge so i apologize to the listeners <laughs> out there um but 
like in the last five years, she's talking about this audition and these 500 other women that look exactly like her up for the same one part. Well, guess what, babies? That's what it is. And then you are in line with those 500, maybe a thousand other people that are going for the one spot that they have for a female in the show because it's always mm-hmm. male dominated, even in musical mm-hmm. theater, even in theater in general. And you look at them and you go, well, they're my competition. Well, yep. can we change that around? Because I definitely came from that perspective, right, when I was like an undergrad or in graduate school. But because of these last two years, I can now change the way that I'm framing that in my brain. And also, I don't go on auditions anymore. Those people aren't my competition. Actually, my competition is me because now that I've sat in the other chair, right, the director's chair, I can honestly say that Sometimes you don't get chosen for the stupidest reason. And I tell my kids this Mm -hmm. all the time, right? That it's like, oh, we don't like her hair. It's curly. Or her eyes are blue. And we wanted them to be brown. Her nose is too big. Like all of these crazy things that make absolutely no sense. They don't care how good you are. No. Mm -hmm. They want a physical being that fits the description that they have in their brain. And if you don't fit that, then bye-bye. That's the way it is. So – I think that's hugely important. So I I think actually switching that narrative that we have and have been told for so long that we're in competition Mm -hmm. with one another is wrong. Like, I think Stephanie and I can both see it because we've interviewed at least 40 people now on the podcast and everybody says the same thing. Women empowerment is about lifting one another up. But do you know how many women actually do that out of the women that we talk to? Maybe, I don't know, what would you say, Stephanie, half of the people? I would say so, about half. Actually, like, you know, care or will like our posts or like shout us out. You know, it's it's never, it's never because they're so scared. Oh my gosh, my numbers, right? And we talked about this on another podcast, Mm -hmm. but like algorithm, we live in this algorithm-based society. It's not only on our phones, everyone, it is everywhere. Yep. So we're always yep. like, oh my God, well, I can't like this person's account because then my numbers will go up. And what happens if my numbers go up? Oh my God. And they're not going to like me back. This is not good. No, we can't have that. So I'm just, I'm not going to like their content because that's going to look really bad on me. Mm. I just don't understand if somebody and podcasters, right, they're giving you free content. That's what it is. So like, if you like somebody's content, whatever they do, Give them a shout out. Like people are working right. their butts off, especially in this creative field that we're in, that we're all in, right? Somebody, it would just be nice to like sometimes get a message and be like, hey, you made my day or something like that. Because guess what, guys? It doesn't happen often enough. I'm yeah. out there always trying to be like, hey, you know what? I really love what you do. I am if you are, if you say you're about it, be about it. Don't just say it to be cool. That really drives me up a wall. And I tell my students all the time, you can make change, but you have to be careful of the content that you're intaking and the content that you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. That's it at the end of the day. And I also think too, um, along the lines of the competition thing, is that we are very early on as women raised to be quiet to be sweet, Mm -hmm. to dress a certain way, look a certain way. Then as we get older, um, we're told when you say I'm a feminist, oh, so you must hate men. 
Absolutely Ugh. not. Yeah. I hate the idea that equality doesn't exist. And what's hard about all of these conversations is that people will always go to the extreme right or the extreme left. And I think there is a place for people who want to be at the front lines to fight those adversities. I think it's extremely important. But then let's not crap, if you will, all over the people who want to maybe be in the middle and who want to facilitate the conversations to be able to say, why do you think that way? Can I offer you this mm -hmm. to maybe help you see a different perspective instead of getting defensive? And that's not, you know, you're going to come across people who just are bigots and racist and homophobic yeah. and just there's no way of changing their view. And th that's the time to gracefully bow out. You're talking to a wall. In fact, the wall might have a better chance of listening to you than they <laughs> than they will. So <laughs> it, it's it's hard because it's so it, – it's – there's no there's no balance. I don't know that anybody knows what balance is anymore because we're taught this like super hustle culture and you know, you got to be if you're going to do something, you got to blood, sweat and tears and like yeah, obviously, but you also have to know when to pull back a little bit. Yeah. So I had an interesting thing happen with my 11-year-old a couple of weeks ago. We were playing cards. We were playing war. And he put a king down and I put a queen down. I'm like, oh, your king beats my queen. And he says, why? Why would a king beat a queen? Aren't they equal? Shouldn't they be equal? And I was like, I wanted to cry. <laughs> I did a reel about it. I was like, oh my God, this might be one of my proudest mothering moments because it's not the queen should beat the king. That's not what he said. He said, aren't they equal? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, there's so much hope for this new generation, right? Where we're equal. We're equal. It's not when we're feminists, we're not saying men suck and we hate you and women are way better. It's, hi, can we like be equal? Can we have equal say? Can we have equal part in the conversation? Can we have e equal representation in government? Can we have equal opportunities for making mistakes and it being okay? And instead of, oh, look, this is what happens when a woman's in power. Darn, no women can be in power again. Well, let's all have equal opportunities to make our mistakes. Let's all have equal opportunities to make a difference. Let's just have equal representation. And so that made me so hopeful because, well, maybe, you know, he's 11. So, so maybe that new generation has a much better understanding of you know, maybe we can be equal. And I'm hoping, I have boys, I don't have girls, but I'm hoping some of that also bleeds into our girls of we can support each other. We can be there for each other. We're not in competition with each other. Yeah. And I think I, I have two. Oh, oh no, down. go ahead, Emily. I was just going to say, I have two nieces and we interviewed them on our podcast. They're Oh. Yeah, they're eight and How old are ten. They? Eight and ten years eight old. Eight and ten. Okay. Okay. And uh, I asked them, or we asked them, the question of like, well, what can boys do that girls can't do? And they both had the same answer. There is nothing that girls can't do that boys can do. We can both do Sweet. everything. And I was like, 
Thank goodness. Because I remember when I was a young girl, there are definitely, I was told that I wasn't allowed to do some things because I was a girl. Mm -hmm. My dad told me things that I wasn't allowed to do. He meant it very sweetly. He didn't mean anything by it. It's just how he was raised. How he was raised. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to have short hair because boys don't like short hair. You have to have long hair because you're a girl, like all of the, you know, and like that sticks with Mm -hmm. you and your parents don't realize like the effects that they are having on you. But once again, he totally didn't mean it, and he's an amazing person. Um, but yeah, I think that it's just the culture he came, the exactly, society he exactly. came from, the time he came. But from. It, it's yeah. it's hugely important. Education is so important. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 pivotal. We need it. Without it, we won't ever move forward. It will just continue to stay in the past. And like today, we released an episode with um, Catherine Mena, is her name. And she said one of my favorite things ever. I want to print it on a T-shirt or tattoo it on my face, as I always say on our podcast, but reverse (laughs) so that I can see it in the mirror. Um, (laughs) She said that how can you say that the person that you came from, a woman, because, right, women give birth, is Mm -hmm. less than. You came from her in the beginning. So, or them in the beginning. And you're going to tell me that I'm less than, even though I just gave birth to you? How dare you? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, exactly. sums it all up right there. Without us, there would be nothing. Yeah. Okay. Mic drop. That mic drop moment, I think, will take us into the next phase. I could talk to you guys for hours and hours and hours, and we have in the past. We have talked for hours. Um, but for this podcast, we kind of have to start moving it, moving along toward the end. But we have a little bit of fun at the end in my podcast. We ask you some questions where we get to know a little bit of a different side of you. So let's get started. We'll start with you, Emily, on this first question and move to Stephanie. And then the second question, Stephanie, we'll start with you and go to Emily. Okay. So for the first question, we love books in my community. I'm a big giant book nerd. So I always love to know, what book are you reading right now? Okay, so I go for it, Emily. have to be totally honest. I'm not reading anything right now one more week and that I will be free of having to study. <laughs> but I have – You're reading textbooks yeah. and stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm very done. I don't – Stephanie already knows and I told her if anybody listening lives near me, feel free if you see me out and about shopping. Just give me a big slap in the face if I say that I want to go back to school again. I, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. Um, but anyway – uh, so I do this thing every summer where I actually – it's my favorite time of year because I go to Barnes & Noble and I sit in the aisles for <sighs> hours, like six hours. hours. So I'm a huge book nerd too. And I'll I, and then I just kind of stroll through. I read some – the first chapter of the books that I'm interested in because that's what really tells me if I want to buy them or not. And then mm-hmm. I get a big bundle and I read them all during the summer. That's like my time to read. So I have three books already on my docket. I have uh, – Sutton Foster, who is a Broadway actress, wrote a book called Hooked, and I'm very excited. My brother bought that book for me, so I have that on my list to read. That's on my bookshelf. And then I have two books by actually one of our um, one of our guests, Sarah Gregg, and Ooh. she wrote the book Choose Happy and Find Your Flow. Oh. Yes. And so I have those on my docket as well. And then I usually like to reread because I absolutely love reading. Like I said, I love to reread the Golden Compass book series. I do that at least oh my once gosh, a they're year. They're so good. They're amazing. If you have never read them, I mean, blow me out of the water. They're so good. 
Ugh, I remember reading the last book in the back of my mom's van and crying hysterically and my mom having to stop the car and come in the back and hold me as I cried. I mean, they are life-changing. So those are the things that I am really excited for. I love that. I read the Golden Compass series to my son, my oldest. Uh, I read with my kids every single night. And up until just a couple months ago, my 16-year-old still wanted to be read to at night. Now he's kind of like, he's working and football and wrestling and social life, and he's not necessarily here at bedtime anymore. But um, up until a couple months ago, we still was reading, and Golden Compass was the last series we read together. So it was just up a couple months ago, we finished the series. Oh. We read through the whole Harry Potter series. Oh, yeah. We did all of that. So, so cool. All right, Stephanie, your turn. What so is your book? I'm reading two. Well, one of them's being read to me by my partner, um, Cause he's oh, yeah that's he's super cute about stuff like that. But we le- recently uh, started listening through "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep," and that is part of the Blade Runners series, and it's oh. actually very good. And I found it to be quite relaxing, um, especially having it read to me. And then a book mm-hmm. that I'm reading on my own, which I constantly go back to, is called "The Anxious Truth." by Drew Lensalata, and it is a guide to recovery from agoraphobia, anxiety, and panic. And he, yeah, he does a lot of work um, working on a lot of those books. There's another one called 7% Slower I'd like to read, but he, most of his work is based off of Dr. Claire Weeks. So for any of our anxious friends out there, if you're interested in where to start for anxiety recovery. Claire Weeks is, uh, she's the OG on it, on how to retrain. It's hope, help and hope for your nerves, how to retrain your brain during disordered Mm. anxiety. So yeah, those are mine. Oh, good. Very good tips. Very good tips. Thank you. Okay. Thank you both. Okay. So the next question, Stephanie, we're starting with you. This is the hard question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. They're making the movie of your life and you get to pick three songs for the soundtrack. What are they? Emily's shaking her head. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> go my ahead, phone, I have my phone ready. I'm going to go on um, my Spotify. I would probably say anything from Lady Gaga. Anything. Mm-hmm. Literally pick a song. She, all of them have just absolutely changed my life. I love her as an artist, as a human being. So anything from her. Um, Blackbird. From the Beatles. Uh, yeah, that my, song. That's yeah, just my godmother, she introduced me to that song when I was younger. And I was like, what is this? Because uh, the birds chirping. I was like, my mind is blown. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, ooh, you know, this is a, a tough one. Because I want to say anything from Queen. But I'm probably mm. going to have to say... Uh, song called Ecstasy by ATB. It's a dance song, but mm-hmm. I have listened to it my entire life. And it, like, for some reason, that, that's the song that I imagine like all of the love scenes happening to. <laughs> so that's, that's like the the like quintessential like puberty song for me is like once I hit, I was like, wow, imagine all the things I'm going to do when I get older, you know? So very dancey, very, yeah, you know, in the clubs kind of thing. Yeah. So that was, would be mine. Fun. 
Okay, that's a good mix. That's a good mix. All right, Emily, your turn. Oh, God. Okay, this is really <laughs> scary, guys. I feel really nervous. My heart is beating so fast. Um, it's a hard question. It's a hard question. I take it seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a serious issue right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go from the lens of, like, my feminist standpoint and discovering okay. who I am, right? So I absolutely – I was just talking to my husband about this because – Disney princesses, right? Like you grow up to mm. believe that you are that you want to be Belle or Sleeping Beauty, one of like the pretty mm. like the pretty ones, right? Mm-hmm. But I absolutely love Pocahontas and Mulan. Going back and like rewatching those movies as, as adults, and also singing those songs. Those are mm-hmm. those women are unbelievable. If you want to show your children Disney princesses, yeah. show them those two because the other ones don't matter as much. Um, so I love, I mean, I love Christina Aguilera. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Mulan for um, Who Is That Girl mm. or re- whatever the song title is. I'm yeah. really off with stuff like that. Sorry, everyone. Reflection, bless you. Um, <laughs> and then I'm obsessed with Mandy Moore. Obsessed. Oh, I've been obsessed yeah. with her for many, many years. Uh, so basically anything in her canon is good, but I really like, she has a new song in her album and I think it's called LA or something like that. It is fantastic. Very folky and I like that kind of stuff. And then I'm gonna go with this song that I listened to. See, I have to have my phone because I'm so old. Um Woman of Many Colors by Courtney Marie Andrews. I'm all about it. Ooh. Yeah. It's I don't know that one. I like super to check that one out. folky and She's like all about singing about just being women of different colors. And I'm like, yes, I'm in. Give it to me. So that one all the time. Those are my three. That's good. (laughs) Nice. Okay. I'm going to check that one out. I always love getting new books and new songs for my playlist. So awesome. All right. Last question. And we're wrapping it up with this question. All right, Emily, we're going to start with you. What act of radical audacity have you said heck yes to recently that, you know, you're really glad you did? Hmm. It's a hard one for me. Mm. <sighs> this is difficult. I'm going to say, even though uh, now I'm going to go with, I'll go with PodFest because mm. just because I am, because of COVID, I now tend to be much, and Stephanie knows, and she's going to have to deal with me as I have my little anxiety attacks when we're there. I am very fearful of getting it. I don't know Mm -hmm. what would happen to me if I did. I do have underlying issues. So I'm just like a little, you know, I'm like, nope, stay away from me, please. Um, So that's going to be an extremely interesting thing for me to do. I'm literally getting anxiety thinking about it right now. All those people (laughs) without masks, but we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be fine. I'm just probably not going to touch anyone. And that's going to be the the, the way it is. So I'm... Does that mean I don't get to give you a hug at Pogba? Everyone can hug me for Emily because I I had to rip that (laughs) Band-Aid off two months into the pandemic. I was like unvaccinated. My dad had it. Everyone in the house, I was like, forget it. I'm Italian. So, you know, we were all like, oh, okay. So, you know... No hugs, but maybe like handshakes. We're like, no, nothing. No touching. We didn't get that memo. So I was indoctrinated yeah. very early on in the pandemic. I was like, okay, well, I guess this is it then. I'll just get over this fear real quick. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm, st- I'm still in the fear. I won't even go into like a crowded building. I'm, I'm ter- absolutely but- terrified. 
You are going and you are speaking. I am. We are. That's huge. Mm -hmm. The two of you are speaking together at PodFest Expo. So that's huge. That is, you know, that's a big step doing something that scares you and and getting up in front of people and and doing it's it anyway. The ultimate so exposure awesome. for Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, yeah, Stephanie, we went to the mall the other day and she was like, "Okay, Emily, we're going to go in and I had my mask and everything and I went, I can't do it." And I, I said, "Great, but you have to stay in the car with your mask off cuz she like yeah. wouldn't take it off in the car." And I'm like, "Dude, very Yeah. So, that's going to be good yeah. exposure like Steph said. Thank God you'll be yeah. there. Well, what Emily <laughs> yeah, did for I'll me be there is what I'll be doing for Emily. So I'm returning the favor. Beautiful. 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 All right, Stephanie, this is your question mm. now. Your active radical audacity that you're happy you said heck yes to. Uh, I said yes to performing again. So <gasps> I did my very what? first performance a couple weeks ago, and I will be performing again next week. And I will tell you that it scares the living ish out of me. Just off the bat, I am frightened to perform, which is so weird that I went to school for theater. But here we are. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be performing again. And despite whatever fun sensations may occur, I'm going to continue to do mm. it because like I told myself and I told Anxiety today after I was done working out, I said, you will never, ever get to dictate what I get to enjoy in my life ever again. So it was like, a, I was like breathing very heavy because I was like, ah, I gotta give up, it hurts. And so once I finished my final set, I was like <laughs> on the floor and I just I just felt this surge of like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that to me is super radical that I'm saying yes to these things because it scares me, but I just, I don't know. I don't want to give it up. It's a part of my life I enjoy, and mm-hmm. I want to not fear making a mistake on stage or not being perfect because that's that's the whole beauty of life is that you can yes. make mistakes. You're <laughs> you're yep. able to, yep. you know, and learn yep. and move forward. That's beautiful. Thank you guys for sharing. You ladies are so beautiful. It's so fun, and I love spending this time with you. I know my audience is going to want to check you out. Where can they find you? How can reach oh, you? I love this question because I always ask it on our show. You can find us mm. at www.cyclechats.com. We are also very active over on Instagram at cyclechats, no spaces, all lower cases. And we have a blog on the website if you're ever interested in checking out a little bit more of a personal side to who we are. And if you really want to get the behind the scenes and all the exclusives, sign up for our newsletter and we send all sorts of really, really fun stuff. We don't bombard you. You do like a monthly email with all of the fun things that we've done and things you can look forward to. Because we have a lot yeah, coming out Yeah, we have a lot. <laughs> we have a lot coming out soon. You think that we're done with our ideas? We have like 15 more on the back burner. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. That Okay, so- Little side note, I Elizabeth Gilbert, her idea fairies, you know, like I'm I I believe in like ideas, opportunities, like they're floating around us all the time, like begging to be let in. And we just we just have to say, hey, come on in, have a cup of tea with me. Let's let's see if this works or not, you know? And so the fact that you have all these ideas and all these things marinating, I just think that's so exciting. It's such an exciting way to live. Thank you guys so much for spending the time with us today. I've loved every minute of this. 
and I hope you have a great day and can't wait to see you guys at Podcast yes. Expo. Woo. Yay! <laughs>Did you love this episode as much as I did? I love Emily and Stephanie's energy. I love their enthusiasm. I love the way they look at the world and they have so much concern and care um, for their fellow humans, for their fellow women. I really loved the way they talked about mental health and were so open with mental health struggles and the way they support each other through, um, you know, one of them has a lot of anxiety and the other one is so beautifully supportive. I love Emily and Stephanie's friendship, the way they support each other. And there's not judgment there. There is true support and being there for each other. So for me, that is my biggest takeaway. You have heard me talk about the history of the word empowerment and how throughout history, women have been told to really not trust each other, to um, be in competition with each other. And it was a way for us to be separated from each other. And I really feel like Emily and Stephanie's message is now one of unity and empowerment. And empowerment, not in the sense that they empower others, but that when one woman rises, another woman rises, and we can find the power within ourselves. So that was another big takeaway for me, was their version of feminism and and how supportive and empowering their version of feminism is. I think the word empowerment is beautiful when it's used correctly. <laughs> I would love to hear what you took away from this episode. I mean, my other giant takeaway is just how much I love these ladies. I love having them in my orbit. I love having them in my circle. Meeting them in person at PodFest Expo was absolutely the highlight of that trip. I took so many pictures with them. I will be posting those pictures when this episode goes live. So come check out my Instagram so that you can see the pictures of Emily, Stephanie, and me at PodFest Expo. We just had a blast together. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode brought you joy, made you feel inspired, made you feel your own sense of power inside your yourself, and you were like, heck yes, I love this version of feminism, please share the episode with somebody else. You sharing helps more people find the podcast. And go take a listen to Emily and Stephanie on Cycle Chats. They are just, they're wonderful. They're wonderful to listen to. They're so joyful and also so deep. They talk about really deep, important topics. So check them out. You will see their podcast linked in the show notes. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day.